0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Good evening. It's good to see everybody that's here tonight. Glad to have those of you joining with us online there, whether you're on uh, Facebook or Twitter at HBC Tullahoma or you're on YouTube at Highland Baptist Tullahoma, uh, all of those platforms there, be sure to heart, to like, to share, uh, be sure to subscribe on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, click the notification bell on YouTube, do all those things you need to do when you're on social media to help get the word out there and also it'll let you know when we go live. We also have our phone live streaming number. Uh, You can call our church office uh, at 931 nine six nine three We'll be glad to give you that number so that you can uh, use that phone live streaming number uh, also if you're there at home be sure to go to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com uh, it's under the info tab there that you'll download uh, the worship bulletin for this week so i encourage you to do that there's children's worship bulletins that are there also that go along with the sunday sermon uh, if you're here in person and you need one of those they're in the windowsills uh, as you on, on either side of the, the stage here Uh, Also, while you're there under that info tab, you can download the newsletter as well as the prayer list uh, for tonight, so be sure to get that downloaded so that if you have any updates at home that you need to give us, you can comment in the comments on Facebook to let us know that. If you don't have Facebook and you're watching us on YouTube or Twitter, uh, you can make comments there. We just won't see those live. Uh, And if you wanna get it to us as quickly as possible to update something in the prayer list, send us an email uh, at uh, HighlandBaptistTullahoma at gmail.com or Baptist at cafes.net. Either one of those uh, will get the information to us or you can just call the church office uh, either way that you want to. Uh, while you're there on the website, also go uh, over to the far right, right-hand side, click the Give Online tab there. Uh, it's a real simple platform for you to do your online giving. Anybody can do that even in person, so I encourage you to take the time to do that. And as you're on the church website there, uh, we have Vacation Bible School uh, that's going to be coming up uh, here very soon. We begin with our kickoff on Saturday. Bible School begins next Monday, uh, so we're less than a week, less than a half a week away. So I want to encourage you to go uh, to our church website. Uh, th- there you can click on the little picture, that sh- what you see on the screen there also. Uh, you can also go to our Facebook page and click on the link there. It's posted at the top. Uh, and you can go ahead and pre-register for Vacation Bible School if you've not done that already. Uh, that'll help us when you arrive on Saturday or next week to be able to process everything through quicker if you go ahead and pre-register uh, there online. So be sure to do that. Uh, we will have pre-registration or registration open uh, this Saturday at the kickoff event. There'll be food, fun, games, a color run walk. So come out and join us 6 to 7.30 uh, this Saturday. We do have paper forms. They're on the standout here in the hallway if if you need one of those to register somebody in person and then also uh, we've closed ordering from Lifeway the t-shirts but we do have a few extras uh, so if you need to order a t-shirt you can uh, hold your camera uh, on your phone up over that little QR code there it'll give you a link there that you can click and you can go and order your t-shirt if we have that available uh, we'll be glad to get that to you uh, so we won't be ordering anymore because they don't have any more. <laughs> all those are are pretty much gone Uh, So just wanted to make you aware of all of those things. Uh, If you're here tonight in person, uh, the charts that we have for the revelation prophecy charts they are over here to my right on the stage by the gift bags for our for our guests uh, so be sure to get one of those if you don't have one and I have one extra of the numbers charts if you need one of those we'll briefly mention it uh, tonight in our message tonight but if you're at home and you want either one of those uh, please send us that email or comment there in the comments we'll be glad to get that out to you so thank you all so much for being here with us for the mic come and lead us in our song
0: Take your hymnals and turn to 516, and let's sing a song that I really love to sing. Uh, when the roll is called up yonder, it's back.
1: Amen. It's good to be back. I didn't mention that earlier in my announcements there. I was gone last week. Uh, We went through the book of Daniel. uh, In Daniel chapter 9 there, looking at the 70 weeks. Uh, I know that was a lot to take in with that, but if you have questions about that, I'll be glad to talk with you more about that. I encourage you to go back and watch the video again. We hope to put out a a little card that will show you or some kind of platform like that that'll show you that Daniel's 70 weeks that he talks about and how that relates to the book of Revelation and the great tribulation there uh, so that you can be able to see that in sort of a chart type form. So just wanted to make you aware of that if you have your prayer list go ahead and get those out uh, at home there Uh, hopefully you've got it downloaded now uh, from our church website or you have at least a digital copy there uh, with you if you need one of those in person anybody didn't get one here in person Uh, there's a few that i think johnny and them we've got some paper copies here and so we're going to get those to you if you just raise your hand uh, we'll make sure you get one of those we'll bring those over As you're looking at your prayer list, there are a few that we updated. I wasn't here last week, so I didn't have a list of those changes that we made, but I went back and listened uh, as best I could. Uh, And you can't hear when you are talking out there. That's why I repeat a lot of times uh, what you say. Uh, It's not demeaning or anything. It's just so that the people online and people listening by phone can be able to to hear what you said uh, because it's not being picked up by a microphone. Uh, So best I could, we got some updates to it. So if there's something we need to change, uh, let us know that. Uh, On the prayer list on the Highland Baptist Church family, uh, just continue to remember Miss Bertie Davis. Uh, Remember Cindy Ingram. I think she's doing fairly well, Pat's not in here right now, but I think she's doing pretty good, uh, unless we have an update that we need to continue to keep her uh, on the prayer list, we'll be removing her uh, for next week. Brenda Gilbert does have some upcoming tests, so we just wanna remember her uh, in prayer. And then on our friends and family side, We've added several uh, to the list there uh, on the right hand side uh, starting about where Tracy Strobe uh, is who is on dialysis, this is a friend of Vicki Boswell as well as Tina Moeller uh, who has knee surgery. Uh, Vicki herself is on our our HBC family side and she's not doing well with um, several uh, medical conditions that she's going through but she had asked us to remember those individuals in prayer. Uh, Jason and Laura Curtis. Laura uh, has been waiting on a liver transplant uh, list. I'm not sure of the latest update on her, uh, but she also has diabetes, and so there were some complications there with even being able to have a liver. Uh, He is the pastor, Jason is, at Liberty Baptist in Winchester. We had given this update several weeks ago that uh, he had lost his job at the hospital down there uh, in Winchester and was working now, kind of part-time doing warrants for the sheriff's office down there, Uh, and so, Uh, Keep them in prayer because that's not—that's only a part-time type thing he's doing, and there's no insurance with that, and he lost his insurance with the other job there. So our association is helping out uh, some with that, uh, but if you would like to help that pastor and his wife uh, directly also, uh, see me tonight or give me an email or give us a call at the church. We'll be glad to give you uh, the information of where you can send some donations to help through our association. Uh, Remember Ryan Bond? Uh, We have him on the list for... Uh, cancer there, Louis Rico, who's a friend of Brian Tate's, who has some medical issues, Ashley Simmons also, who has cancer, and I'm not sure the update there, but uh, I know it's from what the last I heard, it's just a matter of time uh, for Ashley. Uh, And then also Rhonda Morris, uh, we had talked about her Sunday. Uh, We have her on the list with some medical issues. She's one of our CDC preschool teachers, uh, and so keep her Uh, in your prayers once we're able to share more on that we will and then also remember those victims and the families of of the Texas school shooting and and other uh, incidents any others that we need to add or any other updates that we need to make you may notice some that are missing and if we need to add them back I'll add them back no problem we just wanted to. I just tried to hear as best I could and Okay. Okay. All right. So remember James Harvey and his family. Uh, we had mentioned last week he's on hospice, uh, and uh, things don't look like he will make it through at the end of the week. So keep him in your prayers. Keep Terry in your prayers. Uh, is that your stepdad, right? Yes. Remember, uh, remember that family in your prayers. Anybody else? looking there online to make sure any comments there I don't see any any other updates of any on the prayer list tonight all right just do remember vacation bible school as we said before with our kickoff uh, coming up and then also with uh, vacation bible school next week i would ask you to be in prayer for a group of us who are going from the association a couple of others from our church are going uh, with us to calgary alberta canada on a mission trip in the latter part of July there. So uh, keep this, uh, keep it in your prayers for our mission team, praying for the hearts of the people uh, that, are, that we'll be ministering to, but praying for us that we will be where we need to be in our relationships with the Lord to be used by God uh, in a powerful way there in Calgary. Uh, so let's go to the Lord then in prayer uh, as we begin tonight. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for your loving grace and your mercy, and Lord, what a wonderful life you have given us. What a wonderful day this is, Lord, to live and to breathe and to just have the the assurance that as believers, uh, Lord, we know that you have us firmly in your hands uh, when we're on the mountaintops or even when we're in the lowest valleys of this life. And Father, we know that you are a great and a powerful God. There is nothing beyond your ability to take care of in our lives. There is nothing that you don't know about because you are omniscient. And so we just give you the glory and the honor and the praise for who you are and for what you are and for what you have done for us, for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And so we come first and foremost to ask that you would forgive us uh, of our sins, cleanse us and purify us with the blood of Jesus Christ, that we may might be on the path of righteousness for your name's sake, that we would be following you uh, each and every day seeking to be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit more and more uh, to be used by you here where we are in the circles of influence of people that you placed us around, uh, and, and, and as well as uh, those that may be soon to come into our paths. And so, Father, as we uh, come before you, we ask your forgiveness, and we ask, Lord, for you to Uh, lead us and to guide us to a closer walk with you father we pray as we come before you tonight lord for many who are on our list we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg of naming each one of them but lord you know each and every person that is mentioned by name on our prayer list You know each person that's at home uh, watching us online or listening to us online, and you know their physical situations. Uh, Father, we know that uh, you are there with them and you have blessed them in so many great and mighty ways, but Lord, we know that they still need your healing touch upon them. And so Father, we pray for each and every person that's here. Maybe there's some burdens and some cares uh, that we're facing and struggling with ourselves. So Lord, whether it's a person on this list or a person at home watching or listening or a person who's present here tonight, Lord, we know that as we uplift our prayers and our hearts to you, you hear us. And we expectantly look forward to an answer from you. Lord, sometimes it's not the answer that we like, but Lord, we pray that you will answer us and that you will do an awesome work in our hearts and in our lives. to to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ and to bring good into our lives and into these people's lives that we're mentioning by prayer tonight. Lord, we know that you are the great physician and and we thank you, Lord, for the wisdom and discernment that you've given doctors and nurses and caregivers to take care of these individuals that are on our list and others. Uh, Father, we just pray that you will continue to bless them, to give them the, the wisdom and discernment for the proper care for these individuals. But we know, God, that you are the great physician. And so we uplift each and every one of these to you and all of their needs that that encompasses and we ask God that you will just have your healing hands upon them Lord that you will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon them that they cannot contain and father I pray that you will uh, continue to provide for them to continue to show yourself faithful in their lives as you always do uh, that we might use it Lord as a witness and testimony to the world around us. Uh, Father, thank you so much for what you're getting ready to do in Vacation Bible School. Prepare our hearts. Uh, prepare the hearts of the children that will be teaching and leading in Vacation Bible School and with our kickoff. Uh, Lord, we pray for the families, for the parents and the grandparents uh, of these children. We pray, God, that you will prepare their hearts uh, to hear the good news of the gospel also and that their kids would be just so excited about what they're hearing. They would go home each day and and talk to their parents and talk to their grandparents and those that are around them, their brothers or sisters, to share with them what they're learning. And Father, may the seed that we plant here continue to grow in their hearts that we will see people uh, become saved uh, we'll see families restored to a right relationship with you and father we just pray for your your blessings upon our vacation bible school be with all of our workers lord as they're preparing even this week and getting ready uh, father i pray that you'll be with them during next week that uh, any anxieties or any uh, pressures that they may feel Lord that you'll just relieve all of that as they trust in you. Father fill them with your presence and let them know that you are with them and Lord be with our, our mission group that's going to be going to Calgary. Uh, begin Lord preparing our hearts to get us ready uh, for going uh, there and prepare the hearts of those that will be ministering to there uh, in Calgary in July. Father we pray for those who, uh, the families of those who are laying to rest, their family members from the shooting incident in in Texas and and many other places even too. And so Father, we just pray that you will uh, use even these tragedies to bring uh, good into these people's lives. And Father, I pray that uh, you will just continue to wrap them in your loving grace and your mercy and, and shower them with your kindness and your comfort and a peace. That passes all understanding and and so father as we come to this time here as we begin to open your word in the book of revelation make your word known to us reveal to us the truth of your word and father i pray that we will uh, apply it to our hearts and apply it to our lives as we learn more about you and what your plan is for us in the days ahead in jesus precious name we pray amen amen take your bibles tonight if you will turn to the book of revelation Revelation chapter 10. being situated here. Revelation chapter 10 and verse 1 through verse 11. As you enter the book of Revelation in chapter 10, having known where we've been at thus far, you would expect, To hear in chapter ten, finally the blowing of the seventh trumpet. I mean, we've seen the breaking of the seven seals. We've heard six of the seven trumpets already. But just like there was a parenthesis uh, between uh, the the breaking of the sixth and the seventh seals, there is a parenthesis between the blowing of the sixth trumpet and the seventh trumpet. Now these parenthetical chapters are not just kind of just arbitrarily thrown in there uh, into this apocalyptic vision, but rather they're given for a specific purpose. These chapters are given to us in these parenthesis type settings here to, uh, to reveal to us and to remind us that even in the middle of the most horrible period of time that mankind is ever going to experience uh, or even know, when it seems like the tidal wave, if you will, of of evil has finally drowned out the forces of good, uh, as you're reading here in the book of Revelation, it almost seems like even that Satan and all of his demons have taken uh, full and total control of this world. This chapter reminds us as well as the other parenthetical chapters, that God is still on his throne, that his hand is still on the throttle, and he's still in control. And so we're going to see what this chapter revolves around. You'll remember and notice on our on our charts that you have uh, that we have gone through the seven letters to the seven churches The seven seals, we are almost to the end of this section of the seven trumpets. Uh, You'll see that on your screen with the next picture there. And and then the seven bowls uh, will be next after this. So uh, there's an interlude here that we're even going to read about this counterfeit trinity still in this parenthetical section that we won't get to in, in chapter 10. Uh, that we will begin to get into before we ever get to that seventh trumpet sounding to get to that seventh bowl so this kind of just keeps you on track for where we are in the chart of the end times of where things are so be sure to get you uh, one of those and then we're going to look at this just briefly with our number chart uh, tonight also so uh, when you read in this chapter in chapter 10 you're going to see in verse 1 and in verse 4 or actually in, ver- yeah, in verse 1 in verse 4 and in verse 10, uh, some statements that are made by John that give us, if you will, clues to, as to the wonderful meaning here of this chapter in this marvelous book. In verse 1, you're going to see that it says, I saw. In verse 4, John says, I heard. And in verse 10, he says, I took. And it's the only three times he says anything about what he's doing. And that's what we're seeing in this is some things that John does, that this chapter revolves around three things that John does. I saw, I heard, I took, verse 4, verse 10, uh, verse 1, verse 4, and verse 10. Uh, So the first thing comes to us in verse 1 and verse 2, and I want you to see uh, a mighty angel in this verse, uh, especially in verse 1, a mighty angel. In verse 1 and verse 2 because immediately we're confronted with a question as you begin to read who is this mighty angel so let's look at verse 1 and verse 2 then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven who would have been another because this says this is another mighty angel we know there was another that we've seen who was he Gabriel if you remember Gabriel So, this is another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head, and his face was like the sun, and his legs like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. Let me get a little water here. So, who is this mighty angel? There's debate amongst uh, various biblical scholars as to the identity of this angelic figure. Uh, there are some who say it's a picture of Jesus, uh, but there are others who emphatically deny that. There are those who claim it's just another angel. Uh, those who deny that this is a picture of Jesus do so basically for two reasons. First, because the case is made is that Jesus never is never described elsewhere in revelation as an angel. And then secondly, Jesus Christ is more than just an angel. And the fact of both of those things is true. Uh, But neither of those things, neither of those facts prohibits this from being a picture of Jesus. Because first of all, to call Jesus an angel in the Bible is really no problem. The term angel, uh, just like the term son of man, is a title. Uh, and neither one should imply that one that, that if you bear that title, uh, that that you're not a that you're somehow a created being, uh, like an angel would be. Countless times in the Bible, we're confronted with the term "the angel of the Lord," who undoubtedly, when you read those passages, is none other than the pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when Jesus appeared to Moses in the burning bush. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2, he was called the angel of the Lord. Uh, In Isaiah 63 and verse 9, the Lord is called the angel of his presence. Furthermore, we're told here that this angel was coming down from heaven. In John's gospel, we read that Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 38, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. But there's another reason to suspect that this is a picture of Jesus. Because this is the only time in the book of Revelation that an angel is so meticulously and carefully described. And the description gives us the information, the clue, the unerring clues, if you will, as to the identity of this angel. So notice some things that we see here in verse one, notice his apparel, notice his apparel there in verse one. So let's go back and read that again. He said, I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He's wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head and his face was like the sun and his legs like pillars of fire. So we're going to go through that description of him in his parable. We're told, first of all, he's wrapped in a cloud. In the Old Testament, often the cloud was the garment of the divine presence of God. Uh, when, when the Lord was directing Israel uh, through the desert, uh, he, he, uh, was to, he led them out of Egypt. He did it in Exodus 13, verse 21, as a pillar of clouds. Uh, When he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, uh, he descended in a thick cloud, Exodus 19 and verse 9. Whenever the high priest, you remember in the Old Testament, whenever he would enter the Holy of Holies and be in the very presence of God, God would descend on the mercy seat in the form of a cloud in Leviticus chapter 2. If you go in the New Testament... And you look at the transfiguration, you remember the transfiguration of Jesus Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was shown in all of his glory. We read this in Matthew 17 and verse five. He was still speaking when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And the voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So when the Lord ascended to heaven, when when Jesus went up into heaven, how did he go up into heaven? He went in a cloud. Uh, A cloud took him out of their sight, Acts 1, verse 9. Revelation 1, 7 tells us that when he comes back again, how's he going to come back again? In the clouds. He's coming with the clouds. And so it would be natural for this description uh, in and of itself to, to be giving us that image and picture of Jesus. But also notice his appearance. Notice the crown on his forehead. We read there a rainbow over his head. Uh, in Revelation chapter 4, we're told about, remember, the rainbow that surrounds the throne of God. The rainbow, as you know, from way back in the Old Testament, was a sign of God's everlasting covenant uh, not to do what on this earth? Never to flood it again. Uh, never to flood this earth again. And so even now, Jesus wears this rainbow on his brow, a crown of light, uh, because 2 Corinthians chapter 1 And verse 20 says all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to uh, God for his glory. And so we see him in the crown of of his glory and his righteousness. We see the countenance of his face. Notice his face was like the sun. Earlier, John had said, when you read back in Revelation 1 verse 16... And we know there for sure he's describing Jesus there. He said his face uh, was like the sun shining in full strength in Revelation 1.16. You go back again to the Mount of Transfiguration. On the Mount of Transfiguration, it says in Matthew 17, verse 2, his face shone like the sun. Uh, when Paul, remember when Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus? Uh, He saw, uh, as he was on the way, he saw uh, on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. Uh, Isn't it something, and and isn't it awesome to know that the S-O-N is brighter than the S-U-N? That's awesome. Uh, The prophet Malachi you go back to the Old Testament, prophet Malachi, uh, when he was describing the Messiah, he, he describes him as the son, S-U-N, of righteousness uh, in Malachi 4, verse 2. Uh, when you look at his description here also, you see the covering of his legs or of his feet. It says, and his legs, or some versions say his feet, were like pillars of fire. Now, this this word for feet here is a Greek word, uh, pus, P O U S. It's translated most of the time as foot or feet, but the description here is that of pillars. So pillars that are rising up like columns. And so it would lean more here to the interpretation of being a translation of legs rather than the feet themselves because of the pillars here. And so it says his legs were like pillars of fire. Earlier in Revelation 1 verse 15, we're told his feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace, refined by the fire. In the Bible, brass or bronze is a symbol of judgment. And so here we're told that the Lord is coming, not as the lamb of God to save, but as the lion of the tribe of Judah to judge fire burns and fire spreads and fire destroys and fire purifies. So Jesus Christ is going to bring judgment as he comes with those burning feet to take vengeance upon the earth. Notice also in the description, his authority. In verse 2, notice in verse 2 that it says he had a little scroll open in his hand and he set his right foot on the sea and his left on the land. We'll talk about that part in just a moment. But notice what he held in his hand in verse 2, the little scroll open in his hand. The little scroll or the little book is the same book that we read about back in Revelation chapter 5. Remember, that book represents the, the, the deed to all the earth. And so when we first read about that book, it was the one that was sealed with seven seals. But now those seven seals are broken. Now it's an open book, meaning that the title deed is about to be executed. That's why we read in the very next phrase that he sets his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. The planting of the feet upon the earth is a sign of taking possession. So when the children of Israel uh, were about to enter the promised land of Israel, do you remember the promise that God made to Joshua? He said, every place that what? The sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. So that was a symbolic thing, that wherever you step your foot, I'm giving you here the deed to that land. It'll be yours. I'm promising it to you. And so the planting of the feet on the earth is a sign of taking possession. All of the earth is made up of land and sea. So when Jesus set, sets his foot on the uh, on the land and one on the sea, it's a sign that he's getting ready to possess uh, the the earth by exerting his authority and his sovereignty over the entire world. He's going to come back and he's going to take control of every square inch of his creation. Every mountain, every valley, every hill, every ocean, every desert, because it all belongs to him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, we're reminded, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So that's what John sees. Notice what John hears. John hears now a majestic announcement. He hears a majestic announcement in verse three down through verse seven. So notice this mighty angel gives us an announcement that all of heaven cannot fail to hear. And John is stunned by both the method and the message of this announcement. So notice first, that it's a resounding announcement, a resounding announcement. Verse three says that after the, after Jesus steps his foot on the sea and one on the land and he called out with a loud voice, like a lion roaring, when he called out the seven thunders sounded. Now there's few sounds that can uh, compare with the roar of an angry lion in a jungle. Uh, I've, I've heard and watched documentaries before, and, and people are just terrified, even in the night. Even brave people that are the, of the bravest heart, uh, it, it can uh, make them unnerved and bring a chill upon them. Even the most dangerous prey, uh, that roar, can, can uh, paralyze that, that prey. It can uh, cause even the most fearless enemy to stop and to hesitate uh, in, in their tracks. This voice, though is none other than the mighty roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Oftentimes in the Bible, the voice of God is described as the roaring of a lion. Uh, for example, in the Old Testament, in Amos chapter 7, verse 8, it says, The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Uh, But I believe this particular roar is the fulfillment of an ancient prophecy. The prophet Joel said in Joel chapter 3 and verse 16, The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth quake, but the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. Now, experts say that the lion's roar, that a lion roars when he's about to make his last leap upon his victim. So the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah here is a sign of the impending judgment that's about to come on the earth at this point that we're reading about here. So when we read here in verse 3, he called out, uh, he roared out with a loud voice there like a lion roaring. He called out. Notice what happens here. The seven thunders sounded. Now, I was on the phone, actually FaceTime, with my brother down in South Florida uh, earlier this afternoon. He was calling for a tech problem with his iPad that he couldn't get things to work right. And he's sitting there, and all of a sudden, boom! Boom! He said, oh, you get to hear my Florida thunder. And so he went and opened the door, which we grew up there with the, the Florida lightning and thunderous all the time, uh, from this time all the way through the end of the summer. Uh, you'll have these pop-up storms that come, and, and they're loud, loud booms, uh, very close strikes, cloud-to-ground lightning, not a lot of the heat lightning stuff we see here sometimes. But anyway, uh, he had opened the door, was showing me that it was raining, showing me a pine tree that was leaning one direction, like if the next storm comes through, it's going to blow it down, and where it's going to fall is on one of the parts of their building. I told him, you need to get that thing taken care of before the next storm comes. And about the time I said that, it was this huge, loud blast of thunder. It was within just a hundred yards of where he was. He's like, I need to get back inside. And so you could just imagine here when he calls out seven thunders sounded. I mean, we see one strike of lightning and we start counting 1,001, 1,002 and we're counting to see how far that is. Seven of these all at once. What a sound that must have been. Now notice how many Seven. That's where we go back to our charts with our numbers. What's the number seven represent? It's the number of perfection. It's the number of perfection. It's the divine number. Uh, It's the number where God and the world uh, get together, and that's what we see happening in him. It's the the number of completeness, which suggests that God has the final say in anything. And and so if you remember uh, what I titled this message, does anybody remember what I titled this message? When God says enough, and that's what's happening here, these seven thunders, you better believe that's going to get everybody's attention, when God says enough, and so seven is the number of completeness, God has the final say in anything, in Psalm 29, we read where the voice of the Lord goes forth seven times as thunder. And that just merely echoes the fact that the judgment of God is going to come swiftly and, and suddenly upon the earth. You don't ever know where lightning's going to strike, but you better be ready when it does. And, and notice also this announcement. It's a restrictive announcement. Notice what verse 4 says. So it's a restrictive announcement. When the seven thunders had sounded and everybody gets their composure here from that loud noise uh, he says i was about to write but i heard a voice from heaven saying seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down didn't you want to know what those seven thunders said <laughs> and god says no don't write that down i don't want that in this book yet When you think about the book of Revelation, Revelation is a very, even in this verse, it's a very unusual verse because revelation is a book of unveiling. It's a book of uncovering. It's revealing to us what God's plan is for the future. The Greek word for revelation, apocalypsis, uh, literally means to unveil. And so the purpose of revelation is to reveal, not to conceal. And yet we're told the message contained in the voice of those seven thunders, that's off limits. I don't want my people to hear that yet. So what did those seven thunders say? What was it that John heard that we didn't hear? Well, we're not told what those voices say. You see, I believe that there are certain things that we're not meant to know here and now. And that one day we will understand better by and by. There are some things God doesn't reveal to us because they're so wonderful we couldn't understand them. But there are also other things that God doesn't reveal to us that are things that are so terrible that we couldn't receive it. Uh, There are some things God doesn't let us know. I'm glad I don't know when I'm going to die. He doesn't let any of us know. He tells us that it's appointed unto man once to die. Every one of us has an appointed day to die. Uh, But we don't know when that day is. I'm glad that we don't know when that day is that we're going to die because if every one of us knew the exact day, the hour uh, where we were going to die, we would would live with that, carrying that around in our minds and on our hearts forever. And, and, And until that day happened, it would hinder us in our walk here on this earth. And if we knew that we were going to die tomorrow, our mind would be on tomorrow. And yet Jesus said, sufficient unto the day are the evils thereof. In other words, you don't need to be worrying about tomorrow, it's today. So God in his infinite wisdom has chosen not to reveal to us the things that John heard from those seven thunders, but they will be revealed at a later time. We also see not only is it a restrictive announcement, it is a reliable announcement. Notice verse 5 and verse 6. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land, raised his right hand to heaven, and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it. We'll come to that last phrase in just a moment. When God wants to underline the authenticity and the reliability of an action that he's going to take. One of the things he does is swears upon himself. If you read in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13, here's what it says there. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. When Jesus is raising his hand to swear that what he says is true by his heavenly father, he's emphasizing here that God's very character is behind this statement. Whatever it was that these seven thunders said, that is a testament that God uh, did not lie. God cannot fail. He's a God of impeccable integrity. What he says is already done. And so he's swearing uh, here as he does uh, in in these verses. uh, He he swears by him who lives forever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it. It is also, though, a refreshing announcement because notice the last phrase of verse 6. Verse 6, he says, after he gets through swearing, he says that there would be no more delay. Think about it. No more delay. This verse is the answer to the prayers of the saints back in Revelation 6 and verse 10. Do you remember what they said there? They said, How long? How long? God, how long will you let this keep going on? And God says here, No longer. No longer. No more delay. No more waiting. God sees how a rebellious, wicked world is going to continuously reject his love, reject his mercy, reject his salvation, how a wicked world, in spite of everything he can do, refuses to repent. And God finally says, enough. Enough. When God says enough, then there's no longer any more delay. There's no more sand of time that has to run out on this sinful world. It's already run out. And so at that time, the mystery of God will be finished. Look at verse seven. Verse seven says, but that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, which we've not heard yet, the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. So he, had, he already told us in the Old Testament about this. You see, the mystery of God is the mystery of how evil could be so rampant on this earth, even though there's a God in heaven. It's the mystery of why good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. So often, God seems from our perspective, to be sitting on his hands like his eyes can't see, his, his ears can't hear the evil and the injustice and the unfairness in this world. But we're told here that God's turn is coming, that no matter how dark and, and no matter how bleak and no matter how terrible things may look to us, remember it ain't over till it's over. I heard a story about a man who walked by a little league baseball game and he, he looked up at the scoreboard and it read 10 to nothing. Well, a little boy was sitting on the bench and, uh, of the team that was obviously behind and he, he went up to this little boy, he walked up to him and he said, son, looks really bad for your team, doesn't it? The little boy, he looked at him with a smile on his face and he said, oh no, he said, we hadn't even come up to bat yet. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, God hadn't even come up to bat yet, but when he does, the game will be over. He will have won, and the devil will forever be defeated, and then we'll understand the mystery of God. But notice, lastly, that we see not only did John see something and hear something, but we see John John taking something. We see a mysterious action, a mysterious action here. So what is this action that he does here? Well, notice in In verse 8 here, John is told to take the book from the hand of this angel, but he's not told just to read it. Notice what he's told, verse 9, or verse 8. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. So he's told to eat it. it you know, It's one thing to, to examine and to look at a book. It's another thing to eat the book. So what does this mysterious action mean? Well, we see the description of this book in those two verses, in verse 8 and verse 9, the description. That we're told that this is a bittersweet book. This book represents the word of God. And so as you study the Bible, you find in it both the sweet and the sour. Uh, You find in it both the better and the bitter. Uh, In the Bible, we read about heaven, and that's a sweet thing. But we also read about hell, and that's the bitter. In the Bible, we see the mercy of God, which is sweet, but we also see the judgment of God, which is bitter. And so the first two chapters of the Bible itself are sweet. I mean, think about the first two chapters of the Bible, God creating the heavens and the earth and all the creation and he creates Adam and Eve and he places them in the garden and what a beautiful place that was and there was no sin there and there was no, no, anything wrong there in the garden in those first two chapters. The first two chapters are sweet. They're in that paradise where sin and evil were never known. It was all honey and no bees, all flowers and no trees. But in the third chapter, The sweet turns to bitter. As Satan comes in and and man falls down and the world begins to come apart. In the Bible, there's both good and bad. We're told in the word of God that the godly will go to heaven, but we're also told that the ungodly will suffer and go to hell. We're also told that godly people will suffer persecution. The Bible's sweet. Because the Bible is true. Jesus said in John 17 and verse 17, your word is truth. But it's sometimes a bitter truth because not all truth is pleasant to hear. The Bible clearly teaches that the future is going to be glory for those who are are saints, those who know Jesus as Lord and Savior. But it's going to be grief for the sinner. Life is like that. It's also bitter and sweet. Uh, Someone wrote this and said that the world we're living in is mighty hard to beat. You get a thorn with every rose, but ain't the rose as (laughs) sweet. You see, the truth sometimes hurts. But the truth is always the truth. And the Bible is truth. Sometimes it's truth that we want to hear. And sometimes it's truth that we don't want to hear. But it's truth that we need to hear. It's truth, warts and all. So we see the description here of the book. Notice also the, the, the digestion of the book in verse 10. He says, I took then, because he, he was told to eat it. So in verse 10, he says, I took the little scroll, the little book from the hand of the angel and ate it. And it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. You know, the Bible is often, the Word of God is often described as food. It's called bread in Matthew chapter four and verse four. It's called the milk of the Word of God in 1 Peter chapter two and verse two. It's called the meat of the Word of God in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse one and two. It's called honey in Psalm 119 and verse 103. John here is told to eat this book. Now eating this book is a symbol for receiving knowledge. Uh, we talk about uh, digesting a piece of information or digesting what you saw on the news. You don't mean physically digesting it in your stomach, you're thinking on it, you're, you're getting knowledge there. Uh, the pastor is told to feed the flock uh, on the word of God. But John is also warned that as the book is digested, as it gets into your stomach, it's gonna be sweet to the mouth but it's gonna be bitter in the belly. The word of God is sweet. David said the word of God was in Psalm 19 and verse 10, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. But the word of God is also bitter. Now I wish I could stand up here and tell you that there was no hell and that everybody's going to heaven and that things are just gonna get better. But just the book of Revelation alone teaches us that there's a hell And that not everybody's going to heaven. That's the good and the bad together. And so until the Lord Jesus comes, things aren't going to get better. They're only going to get worse. There's going to be no lasting peace until the Prince of Peace comes again. Jesus said in these last days in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12, he said, And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Two signs of the last days will be an overwhelming increase of lawlessness and a dwindling love. That's not always sweet to hear. That's bitter to the belly, but it's true. That's the way it is with the word of God. And then we see the declaration of this book in verse 11 of Revelation 10. He said, And I was told you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. He was told to prophesy. What did that mean? It meant to preach, meant to proclaim, to proclaim the truth, to preach. Why was John commanded to preach? Because I believe that John, uh, the apostle John here, he had seen enough in these visions of war and bloodshed and the heartache and the horror and the wrath and the judgment of God. He didn't want to preach anymore because all you're telling people is all the bad news of things that's going to happen. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. He didn't want to write anymore, but he had to because the digestion of God's word demands the declaration of God's word. And there can be no compromise. You know, I have to preach the the good news as well as the bad news. And I love to preach about heaven, but you have to preach about hell also. And yes, you you even read in your studies and you read about God's mercy, but we also have to read about God's judgment. We love to read about the love of God, but we also need to read about the holiness of God. And that's what even makes preaching and teaching God's Word so tough. We may not like everything that the Word of God says in a particular place in Scripture, but it's truth. I heard a story once about a deacon who used to say amen all the time. But then he quit saying it, and his pastor, he got concerned and... And wondered why did he quit saying amen. So finally, he walked up to this deacon, and one day he said, uh, "Say, why don't you say amen anymore? Uh, don't you know that saying amen to the preacher is like saying sickum to the bulldog?" <laughs> the, the man said, "When I preach her, it's awful hard to say him to a bulldog when he got when he's got you by the seats of the pants." <laughs> Sometimes the word of God. Grabs us by the seat of the pants and it's not pleasant when we hear God's word and his truth But I want you to see from this chapter that the final message of the Bible is a sweet one Because the message that we read here is that Jesus is coming again Did you not see that in this here came an angel? down from heaven that we saw in the description has to be Jesus Jesus is coming again. And it reminds us in the good message there, the devil is going to be forever defeated. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will reign forever and ever and ever. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. What an encouragement to us and a reminder to us. An encouragement that Jesus is coming again and all the suffering and all the the judgment that we've seen thus far in the book of Revelation that is coming. uh, Lord, that there is coming the end when Jesus will come and set up his kingdom and reign upon this earth and then forever we will be with him in heaven. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. But Lord, until then, we have sin around us, and we have sin sometimes within us. And, Lord, that is the bad part of the message of the word of God, that we are sinful creatures, and we need to be saved. So, Lord, I pray first and foremost, if anyone has been watching this message or present here even tonight, that they have not trusted by faith in Jesus As our Lord and Savior, I pray that today they would call out to you and say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for me in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. Lord, come into my life and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. And Father, I pray that if someone's prayed something like that in their prayer, Lord, help them to follow up by just letting us know in an email or a comment there online that we can be able to follow up with them in their relationship with the Lord. Or if they're here in person, that they would talk to me before they leave. But Father, there are many of us who are listening and who are watching, who are believers, and not only do we need to be reminded that Jesus is coming again, we need to be reminded that when we're reading our Bibles and we're studying our Bibles, not to just skip To the good parts. Help us, Lord, to read it all. The good and the bad. The mercy and the judgment. And Lord, to know that in that, we begin to then apply what we learned in the blessings of the book of Revelation. That not only are we blessed when we read this word and hear this word, we're blessed in the keeping of this word. So help us to keep your truth, to keep your word, to live in that truth. And Father, I pray that as we draw closer to you every day, as we read our Bibles every day, Father, may we see that truth and may we proclaim that truth to the lost and dying world around us that they too might be saved. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Well, thank you all so much for being here tonight in person. Thank you who joined us there online. Uh, We'll be back Sunday morning, 9.15 for Sunday school, 10.30 for worship. So you come and join us in person or or join us there online. We look forward to seeing you. You have a blessed week. Be in prayer still about Vacation Bible School as it begins to come. And and we'll see you this coming Sunday. You have a blessed week.